Nicely done, beef. No matter how you're cooked. Grilled, sauteed, stir-fried, roasted, or stewed. Your savory sounds are music to everyone's ears. Yeah, now that's a dinner playlist. Get cooking at Beef. It's what's for dinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee on a Friday as Mississippi State loses last night 31-21 to to Ole Miss in the battle for the Golden Egg. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. And Charlie's in the Farm Bureau studios in Startwell. I'm still off-site remote uh, having watched uh, men's basketball get beat last night, 72-58. to We are at Baja Mar in the Bahamas. And so, Charlie, all in all, when you start looking at it, uh, was not a good day yesterday for Mississippi State. Yeah, and if you're a Saints fan, you're not happy. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're not happy. I'm hoping volleyball will do better today. Uh, boy. Yeah, just one of those days. And what do you do? It was one of those games where you had a lot of little things go wrong in a lot of different areas, and you added up against a pretty good football team. You get beat. Look, there's a lot of games we can go back and we can complain about officiating, and we can complain about that last night. We can complain about play calling. We can complain about a lot of things. But I felt like last night was one of those things where everything was just a little bit off. Yeah, it was just a collection, like you said. And, yeah, you can go back and looking at 150, 180 plays in a football game and say, okay, here's where a referee missed a call. And, you know, was there holding? Yeah, it was a big holding. And that was a big holding, don't get me wrong. But were there things missed all over the field? Probably so. And you go back to the point, too, Charlie, of it's not just one guy. And, I mean, to me, the big part of the game was the end of the second quarter when you had an opportunity to score touchdowns, and not just the second quarter. I mean, let's look back at the entire first half. I mean, we had the football for four drives in the first half, and we were settling for four field goals. And so you had opportunities to put points on the board. Field goals were not going to win that football game last night. And so you just it's, it's not just one guy. It's, it's a collection. Was it a situation of we just weren't ready to play? No, I don't think that either. I mean, I thought we were ready to play. It was just one of those things of – not executing. Uh, I didn't think we were flat. I didn't look like we were flat. But, you know, Ole Miss, I, I tell you this, and this is not a situation where I'm going to come on here and, hey, you got to tip your hat to the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm not going to say that. But I thought their defense played a little bit better last night than I thought they would play against us. I thought so, too. I will say this. You talked about coming out flat, and you heard me say the other day how I may have an epic rant against senior day. I didn't feel like this was a senior day issue. I really believe this was an end of the first half issue because we'd outplayed them for the most part in the first half. And you can say, well, you only had six points, but look at what you were doing with the football. Six plays, 17 yards, kick a field goal. Then you go on a 13-play drive, an 11-play drive, 11-play drive. So those are your four drives in the first half. A short field six, then 13, 11, and 11. We talk about needing to be ball control move the football, we did. We were moving it up down the field, and it felt like right there we were playing better than they were in the first half. But you go on three drives that are 10 plays or longer, and you get three points out of it. And we talked about how sometimes just dumb luck and chance comes into these things and how little things can add up. We haven't dropped three straight passes all season long. I don't think in two seasons. 
but we have it happen there yesterday. Sometimes just one miss can be a big difference. You know, we missed that fade route, and that's a tough throw, but it was there for a touchdown. We settled for the field goal, but then we come back, and those drops, I felt like we were ready to play the first half. I thought we outplayed them. But I thought when we came out in the second half, I thought a different team came out of the dressing room right there. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think the second quarter and the first quarter was the game. You know, we kicked two field goals in the first quarter. And like you said, there were plays there to be made, and we just didn't make them. You know, what's crazy is you look back at the game, and you had five drops total, and then three came in a row right there, bang, bang, bang. And, hey, let me tell you this. You know, that was the only two drops of the night for Jaquavius Marks. You know, he had eight, eight targets and six catches in the game last night. I mean, you start looking at, you know, how we attacked, and we, we really didn't attack the middle of the field a whole lot at all. You know, Austin Williams had a quiet night. He didn't get targeted much at all last night. You know, Makai Polk had some targets. He was gimpy a little bit. And I think one of the things you have to talk about, too, is we'll get into our numbers in just a little bit and talk about the sacks and the pressures. I don't know, you know, how Will was affected by that early sack. I mean, because he didn't look good at all. We had Chance Lovertich warming up on the sideline. And you just don't know how that affects in any way. And I'm not making excuses at all. But when you get popped pretty good and, and it's in the shoulder area and it's your arm and you're trying to throw the football, you know, 60 times a game, that does have an effect. And so I tell you what, Charlie, not only was last night not good and from a football standpoint, not only was basketball not fun to watch last night, but, Charlie, I'm having to drink hotel room coffee this morning and I don't have the opportunity of drinking strange brew coffee, which is not very good at all. That's the positive that you have over me this morning is you have the ability to go to strange brew. Are you using the like coffee maker in the room to make your coffee? The one where you slide the little packet in there and come out of the plastic coffee maker? Are you having to do that? Well, it's a full-blown Keurig. That's the positive. And let's, let's open up the drawer. See, we have some... Um, English breakfast from Celestial. We have some donut shop, the original, uh, the Keurig, and so the uh, you know the, we got some green tea from Celestial as well. So we're not ta- talking about just a great brand here, but we are using the Keurig, and um, I got the the pink pack of uh, Sweet and Low. It's actually off brand. It's a pink sweetener and some Royal Cup coffee creamer that's in the uh, that's in a pack, and so that's the nine dairy creamer. So that's what I've got this morning, Charlie. I am not going to be up to top speed today simply because this is not the quality coffee that we normally get for our Sunday coffee, but it's Friday coffee, and at least you can drink Strange Brew because I'm drinking the stuff out of the pack. Well, anything that starts with the word English in terms of coffee I take as bad news, but I do have a glimmer a ray of hope on this Friday morning, and that is you may have gone on the Internet and seen that Strange Brew Coffee House is offering a 10% discount code for this weekend. If you shop online, I got a better one for you. If you use the code at checkout at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, if you use the code FRIDAYCOFFEE, that's one word, capitalize the Friday and capitalize the C in coffee. If you do that, you're going to get 15%. So just for suffering through this, we'll get you another 5% at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And remember, this is online only, so go online, place your orders, get your mugs, T-shirts. You can get coffee sent to you. You can get about anything you want. So go see our friends at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com for the discount. See them on Highway 12 in that location in Tupelo or 
on University and Drive in Startville if you want to go get something in person. So it is a unique Friday coffee for us, Bart, but it comes with a code. So at least there's that. Well, and here's too, Charlie. I mean, you've got Christmas coming up pretty quick, and it's not just about the coffee, even though they can send it to you in the bags, and you can get that blueberry cobbler sent to you if you live in Spokane, Washington. And you can see what I talk about every Sunday morning about my blueberry cobbler-flavored coffee. But they've got great mugs. And, of course, if you're a Mississippi State student and you've moved away, you've graduated three or four years ago, you want to have a, something to commemorate your time and start, well, they have those mugs that are always cool, the funny sayings. And so for the mugs and for the coffee, if you parents are out there listening, you're trying to think of something cool to get for a stocking stuffer for Christmas, that's the perfect thing to get from our good friends at, at uh, Strange Brew Coffee House. And like you said, Charlie, that code online Friday coffee, and it'll get you 15%. So that's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, i tell you what's not a cool deal, though, Bart. That's looking at our numbers from our deep dig that we did back on Wednesday this week. Some of those are uh, not where we wanted. Yeah, let's talk about the first one. And, hey, it's one that we both got right. And that's uh, one for me was one, and that's the number of times we can allow Ole Miss to convert on fourth down. Now, they went for it three times. They got one. And uh, – we, uh, we stopped them on the first fourth down opportunity, and it gave us a chance. And, hey, you punch in seven points there at the first of the game, you kind of wonder what does that do for you. But getting three on the board, hey, it was points on the board, but, man, you would have loved to have had seven. We held them to just one conversion on fourth down. So I hit that number. I think you had a different way of doing that, Charlie, because you went with percentages. Yeah, I said I wanted to see us hold them to less than 33% on fourth down conversions. And so we're right on the number. They were one out of three. So all in all, I guess that one worked out. In fact, I thought that first one, Ole Miss goes for it on the opening drive on their own end of the field. We get up and make a play. And you're thinking, boy, what an opportunity. I thought that failure to convert on fourth down had a chance to change the game. When you have to settle for three, it just kind of really changed the feeling of things. Yeah, my second number was two, and that was the maximum amount of sacks that we could give up against Ole Miss. And it wanted to kind of play into allowing pressure from Sam Williams. And, man, did I miss on that. We had uh, we gave up three sacks in the game last night. They were all big. But I thought the pressures that Ole Miss got, especially from the outside, was a big factor in the game. And so, yeah, I missed on that one with uh, with the two sacks. And then my third number was 450. And I said, we're going to get 450 yards passing. We missed that by over 100 yards last night. And it was just a situation of we had some drops. We didn't stay on the field. I thought the third quarter just kind of negated itself it was almost like we played three quarters of offense last night and we got nothing done in the third quarter didn't come close to the 450 I said we're gonna get that and I was completely wrong and here's the difference in me and a lot of folks Charlie I will admit when I'm wrong and I was wrong last night when I said we would get 450 yards passing but we could have and we should have yeah we missed the number there but if you go look Bart our passing yards in the ball game Overall, I thought we're fine in context. If you go, you look at our drives. We had 11 drives in the ball game. We didn't go three and out. We put together five drives over 10 plays, another eight-play drive. So generally speaking, we were moving the football, but one or two more catches, 
you know, we had a couple of throws downfield that were just like almost there. And, you know, Will completed a number, a high percentage of his passes down the field. But if you go back, one or two more catches makes you feel a lot better about how that passing game went yesterday. You know, you get back three of your five drops, and all of a sudden you're over 40 completions. And you may not get 450, but you're you're going to be scaring 400. Well, and one of the areas, and we talked about Ole Miss defensively, one of the areas I thought they did a pretty good job was kind of keep us, keeping us under control in the middle of the field. You know, we only targeted Austin Williams last night six times. He had two catches, had that big catch of 20 yards. And then, you know, Jaden Wally was targeted nine times. He had five catches. And so seven catches between those two guys. And, you know, Malik Heath only had one catch in the game last night. We targeted him five times. He, he caught one. And so your catch percentages are high with your running backs. You know, Dylan Johnson was targeted, you know, ten times he caught nine balls. And, you know, Jaquavius Marks was targeted nine times he caught six balls. And so, you know, Makai Polk targeted 16 times and he caught ten balls. But, you know, those are all guys that are going to catch balls on the edges outside. And I thought that uh, that that we really didn't have an opportunity to to exploit the middle of the field last night. Now, the, you know, the question is is when you start talking about this offense and running guys all over the field, what's it predicated upon? It's rotating a ton of guys in and out, and you kind of wonder. I mean, does Christian Ford, who had emerged during the middle of the season, you know, what what kind of threat does he give you in the middle of the field? And it's not just about what Christian Ford does. It allows these guys to take a playoff or two and, and allows them to be better when they're on the field. You know, Ra-Ra Thomas, you know, that's that's the thing. And I'm not making excuses and saying, hey, we got had guys out. And, you know, we've had guys out all season long in that wide receiver court one time or the other. But you kind of wonder, you know, what that did to you is at, at the slot position. It may make Austin Williams better if he, you know, sits out every fifth play or every fourth play instead of having to play, you know, eight plays straight. Only completed passes to seven receivers last night. I haven't gone back game by game, but I will guarantee you that's a season low. Normally you're seeing that number around nine or ten. So uh, that's a look at your numbers. Bart, I had uh, the same. We talked about the fourth down conversions. We met the number there. The other number I had is I thought we needed to force two turnovers we only forced one. Now, what I was thinking is we needed to recover some fumbles and did not count on having an interception. Jet Johnson had an interception. It was, look, nice interception, good return. It was one of those deals at that point where you're putting points on the border, but the outcome was not terribly in doubt. The big thing that Ole Miss did, they controlled the football. They held on to the football last night. So it's a team the past two weeks – had fumbled three times each game. They'd fumbled nine times in the last five games. Last night, they do not put it on the ground. We talked about how they fumble a lot and don't lose many. They didn't fumble at all, and so neither team did. So you go back and you talk about what the conditions may be, but neither team fumbled the football. There was only one turnover in that game last night. So that was my number that missed. My other number was needing one more point, obviously we didn't get that. So that's a look at our numbers and reminder that this week it was a Wednesday deep dig brought to you by our friends at Trax Plus. You can, if you need the forestry equipment, you need some dirt moving equipment, those are your guys. Yeah, they got the largest, they're the largest used equipment dealer in the southeast. And Daniel Bounds in Columbus, Fred Fulton over in Columbus as well, Ken Crosby down in Hickory, Gresh Howell, 
down in Summit, Mississippi, and Hoop Weems over in Alexandria, Louisiana. they got that big shop space that they're tripling in size right now for their service department in Hickory. And so those guys have done it right. And let me tell you this, Charlie, I have thoroughly enjoyed doing that Friday Deep Dig presented by Tracks Plus. And, of course, we'll have that for the bowl game as well. But those guys are fantastic with their service, great uh, sales with their sanding equipment for the construction of the dirt-moving construction and their Barco equipment that you can use in the forest to do all that big-time mulching. Yeah, I've really enjoyed kind of adding that show to the list. I'm looking forward to doing that during baseball this year too because baseball, one of those sports that just lends itself to looking at numbers and data and I hate the word analytics, but it really presents another good opportunity to get into some of those things. We may have to dig a little harder for the info, but I appreciate them sponsoring us doing that, and I've enjoyed doing it throughout this season. Bart, I've gotten several messages on Twitter People wanting me to talk about, wanting you to talk about the, quote, injuries, close quote, that Ole Miss had last night. Now, and I'll tell you my view, and you and I haven't discussed this. I think that's a topic that is timely. I think it's important. I think it needs to be addressed. I think today just probably isn't the day to do it, and and here's why. Um, Yes, is it ethical? No, no. Is it bending the rules? Is it breaking at least the spirit of the rules? Yes. But if you start complaining about those things today, it kind of feels like you're just, it's kind of a sour grapes thing. And so uh, unless you see it differently, I think I'm inclined to say, let's bookmark that. Let's come back to it. Uh, I don't like it, but I don't think today's the day I'm willing to go on a rant about it. No, I, I completely agree with that, Charlie. And yeah, is has this been going on for a while I mean, has this been a situation where guys on the sideline have told a linebacker, hey, just stay down? I mean, that's been going on for years now. Now, you know, the spirit of the rule, I don't think we've seen it in this much volume as what you're seeing it, you know, with, with some teams that, that uh, you know, like you said, it's the spirit of the rule. And, you know, if people try to find loopholes to, to stop offenses. And, and to me, to be honest with you, that's where change occurs is because, you know, People in the rulemaking de- department usually let things go until people start utilizing things that are unethical. And you know, this is probably a way to get some things changed. And I don't know what that is. Is it making a player sit out the entire drive? And, hey, let me tell you this. Here's where it's unfair. It's unfair to a kid that's really hurt. It's unfair to a kid that has a sprained ankle or has a blown-out knee that's laying out there on the turf and then everybody, because of things that have gone on previously, the fans are booing, the fans are upset, and that kid's legitimately laying down there with a career that's over. I mean, that's the guy that it impacts more than anybody because he's not getting the benefit of the doubt. And so those are the guys you kind of worry about and, and, and hate it for. Now, and I agree with you, today's not that day. Did, did that affect the game last night? stopping us and momentum maybe a little bit at the end of the day we just didn't execute to uh to, to score some touchdowns early in the game but I agree with you Charlie you know it's it's one of those deals where you're kind of searching for things to justify why you got beat is it them calling holding on us and not on Ole Miss on that long touchdown on that long pass play early in the game you know you're looking for something to grab onto and I look back at this game and this is not a situation of me being apathetic because let me tell you this, 
if or passive in any way because if anybody knows i really hold this rivalry you know true to its heart i mean i i really love mississippi state and i'm not a big fan of what goes on up the road but i think today is not one of those days you gravitate toward and try to latch on anything you got beat last night i think it was one of those things where you just got beat old miss made plays in the game we didn't make plays in the game and i think at the bottom line that's it you got beat last night. We got beat by 10 points. We were scrambling late. We scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It was very similar to Memphis. It was very similar to LSU. We just dug a hole too big early on and just couldn't crawl out of the hole. And I don't think there's anybody to blame in this whole thing. I don't think there's one person to blame. And I go back to what you said a while ago. I don't think you can blame play calling. I don't think you can blame the quarterback. I don't think you can blame wide receivers. I don't think you can blame offensive linemen. I think it's just a collection of everything. And it was just one of those nights where you got beat. On the rule changes, Bart, you mentioned, I remember Purdue and Joe Tiller was there and Drew Brees was the quarterback. They would, right before they really snapped the ball, run a whole new group of receivers or running backs. They would completely change their personnel, just sprinting in from the sidelines, never huddling and the defense would never have a chance to adjust. And people basically said at the time, that violates kind of the spirit of fair dealing that goes into the game. And you know what? They got together. They came up with a way to fix it. You see now the official, if the offense substitutes, the official is going to stand there, hold it, give it time, give the defense a chance to substitute. We're going to see something. We'll have to because it's being picked up other places. I don't know what that's going to be. But I go back to what you said. Let's talk about making plays a minute, Bart. There's a couple of places to me when you want to look at who's making plays that you kind of always gravitate to. The first thing I do is I look at third downs and fourth downs. And then the next thing I do is I look at the red zone. You know, once you get to the red zone, that's kind of winning time. You know, that's the place where you got to get it done. And early in the year, we didn't get it done in the red zone. And then it looked like we had fixed that. It looked like all of a sudden we were really good in the red zone. Ole Miss came in last night next to last in the league in red zone scoring. They had been held on downs eight times in the red zone. They turned it over four. So it was a team that, despite their ability to put up big yards, wasn't doing well in the red zone. What they do last night? Five for five, four of those scores were touchdowns. What did we do? Four of six, only two of ours were touchdowns. You go the other place that I look. Third downs. Ole Miss ends the game 11 of 18, which is a good number, but they were 10 of their first 15. When it mattered, they were getting two out of three. Then where were we? We end the game four of 14 on third down. And it was just one of those days, no matter how you look at it, we just didn't make a play when we had to. And so that's where I go back to. How about this, Bart? We were 7 of 11 passing on third down. We were making completions, but I thought Ole Miss did a good job of kind of forcing us underneath, forcing us to have to get rid. You know, that's the thing. Everybody says, we got to get rid of it faster. Well, that may be true, but what that means is when there's nobody open downfield and you got to get rid of it faster, you're going to be in trouble on third down. That's why yesterday you talked about this the other day, Bart, the importance of being kind of in system, not falling behind the chains. On third and long last night, we were one for seven. One for seven on third and long. You go back and look at the Aubrey game, we had a super high number on third and long. It was just a lot of little different things in a lot of different places. You add it all up. It doesn't matter that it was a rivalry game or any of that stuff. We just didn't play that well. We weren't awful. 
And that's the other thing, I guess, and this is to be expected around a rivalry, right? You play that game and you go to the message boards and Twitter and shame on me for doing that. But, you know, all of a sudden we got to replace everybody. Everything's terrible. No, it's not terrible. We got beat. We got beat by a good football team. We're better. We're better than we were a year ago. The season isn't a disaster. We've still got a bowl game to go to. It's not as good as we wanted. We left some points out there last night. We left some wins out there on the season. But you can see some signs of things improving. I know nobody wants to hear that right now. But last night we got outplayed, but it doesn't mean that the entire product is bad. Yeah, I agree with that. And, yeah, I agree. And, you know, nobody nobody does want to hear that, you know, that, that we were – you know, within a few points here or there, uh, Arkansas with, you know, Memphis with an LSU. And, I mean, you look and see how close this season was. And, of course, you know, you won some games against an NC State and a Texas A&M. And, you know, you came from behind and beat an Auburn team on the road. And, I mean, you took some games that, that they're probably sitting there saying, man, I wish we'd had that game back. I thought, you know, looking at it, it just tells you, I think Ole Miss, you know, finished that season first time ever with 10 wins in a regular season. And I thought from a personnel standpoint, I thought from just an overall team standpoint, we're, we're very close to they are. I mean, I think we're pretty even, to be honest with you. And it goes back to that same feeling that I've had of, I think you take Georgia and Alabama out of the mix. I think those two teams and two programs have kind of risen to the point that, you know, they're a little bit better from a style standpoint and from a personnel standpoint. But you look at everybody else in this league, I mean, this is the same thing as, as Kentucky. This is the same thing as, as Tennessee. There's a lot of teams you can throw in the hat, and I think we're one of those teams in the hat. If we played Ole Miss next week and we played them in Oxford, this game could be 31-21 the other way, and I really, truly believe that. Now, i also say this. I mean, when you go back to the point, and I hate to say this, you have to give credit where credit is due. And you see what they did in kind of resurrecting their season this year. You look at a Matt Corral, who a couple of years ago with Rich Rodriguez as an offensive coordinator, here's a guy who wasn't even playing, and they're running John Rice Plumley as their starting quarterback. Lane Kiffin coming in resurrected the career of Matt Corral, saved his career. And I think you could also also say conversely that Matt Corral saved Lane Kiffin's career. I mean, that guy's about to get paid, whether it's at Ole Miss or somewhere else. He's about to make some money. And I think those two guys work together. Now, the question becomes, you know, after you lose this game, you get ready for a bowl game in next year, is you start saying, okay, has Lane Kiffin recruited as well as Matt Luke did? There's a lot of Matt Luke players out on that field. The question becomes, has, well, Mike Leach, and how has he recruited over the last couple of years? recruiting and bringing guys in the program what are these programs going to look like going forward that's the thing we're, we're kind of overly emotional after games because yeah Ole Miss has won two in the rivalry they won back-to-back games but I'm not ready to sit there and say that that they've passed us by in any way when you start looking at what's coming up in the future and so I think that's why you kind of got to take a step back yeah last night stinks it stinks bad uh, but but going forward, I'm not ready to blow anything up just yet. Well, and to your point, last night was senior night. You look out there, there weren't a lot of guys in that huddle for Mississippi State. Austin Williams wasn't out there. Tyrus Wheat wasn't out there. And so and then you start to ask yourself the question, are we going to have some of those COVID seniors next year? You look out on the field last night, Dontario Drummond was a difference maker for Ole Miss. 13 catches, 133 yards, caught 87% of the balls thrown his way. 
All right, that's a guy who had an extra year because of last year, and he used it. Extra year guy, COVID senior. Look on the defensive end, Sam Williams. Sam Williams is one of the best defensive ends in the SEC for sure, maybe college football. Guy playing with an extra year. A.J. Finley made a difference in the secondary for Ole Miss last night. COVID senior. It just comes down to, look, that was a more experienced football team than we have. And last night, they were the better team. The question is, next year, when Tyrus Wheat is that guy, if he comes back, when Austin Williams, who said he's coming back, if he is that guy, where is he? And all of a sudden, is he the guy having that performance like a Dontario Drummond? You know, that experience thing, we've kind of talked about it. Then the question is going to be, what do we do when it's our turn to have that experience? And I think starting next year, all of a sudden, you know, you really next year you can't use the youth excuse. This year, and I call it excuse, a reason, what have you. Next year, all of a sudden, Will Rogers isn't young anymore, and you can't use that. Marks isn't young. Dylan Johnson isn't young. Tulu Griffin's not young anymore at that point. And so where are we going to be? Where are our guys going to take the step forward? And then what does Ole Miss have to backfill with? I do think, though, Bart, look, you and I have grown up around here. Nobody cares more about this rivalry than the two of us. I do think it is important that we not be myopic, though, and base the success or failure of our team and our season on what Ole Miss does all year long. Sometimes we look at that scoreboard too much to see what they're doing when they play somebody. I think this is a team that needs to use the next month to improve and get better. And I think Matt Wyatt made the point last night on the show. I go back to 2013 as an example. A lot of times you talk about the bowl game being the first game of the new season. I would love to have a really good bowl opponent. I'd love to go win that thing because 2013, even though it wasn't a great opponent, Dak went and just showed out in that bowl game, and I thought the next season gave us a little bit of boost going into that next year. Charlie, I agree with that. I agree with it wholeheartedly, and here's the reason why. I think we're going to be good next year. I really do. I think we're going to have a good football team next year. When you look at what you have the capabilities and probabilities of coming back, I think we're going to be good. And I I agree with what you said, too, about just getting a year older and being more experienced. And, hey, we see that in our daily lives. I mean, when when you have experiences of things happening, it slows down and you don't react the same way as you used to at one time. Okay, take last night, for instance, for me. I'm going to step out away from football. The first few years I broadcast – Mississippi State sports, and you go on the road and you're in a tournament like we were last night. Okay, we're down here in the Bahamas and you're playing in these convention halls. And what happens is sometimes the phone lines or the Ethernet cables, the ports, they don't work. Okay, you get in there, you've got 18 guys from different schools, and you got TV using stuff, pulling bandwidth. And you know that your job, the reason that you're here, is to broadcast and put a product over the air that people will have the opportunity listening to. Well, last night I walk into the arena and my phone line is dead. My Ethernet cable is dead. It doesn't work. Now, thank goodness I walked in there two hours before the ball game, And I look at a guy and I say, hey, this is not working. And he's like, okay, we got two hours before you go on the air. We're perfectly fine. Well, we keep on creeping through, keep on creeping through. Ten years ago, I've been having a hissy fit. We got to get this fixed. Last night was one of those nights you start troubleshooting and try to figure things out. And, Charlie, we got on the air two minutes before we took the air. <laughs> and so, but it was one of those nights where you feel like it's just like in football. You've had all these experiences that have happened in 20 years of broadcasting. 
and you start figuring things out and things slow down for you. And last night, it's like Richard Williams, I was talking to him. You know, you never panic in any way. You just get the job done. And we do that in our daily lives. Everybody does that. I mean, you're a different accountant 20 years in than you are that first year out with just after you get your CPA. And it's the same way on a football field. Things just slow down for you the more you're there, the more you do things. And that's why I think this team – getting involved in year three in the system. Everybody talked about year two under Mike Leach, and that was the year everything turned. And, yeah, I, th- I think this is the year we've seen where this offense can work in the SEC. I think next year is the year that it goes to different heights. And then next year, of course, we get to look at a schedule that uh, it's got all the familiar foes on there, and you add Georgia to it. Boy, hope they graduate a lot of people, by the way. But you're right, it has a chance to be a good season next year, but you need something good to get it going. And uh, I think the bowl game, where we go, I don't know. I've heard all kinds of things. There's some talk about Memphis. There's some talks about Houston. I don't know that it matters. Wherever we go, I just want to have some practices and uh, get to play. Yeah, too. And, uh, you know, Charlie, if you, you know, if we go to somewhere good and we're going to spend a week out there, you know, we'll take the kids out there, let them – hang out with the team in the team hotel for you know a few days, you may need a, a short-term loan. And that's our good friends at Bank First. Bank First, they've got locations in Mississippi and Alabama. Just great people, great service. And I want to thank uh, you know Moke and Moke Griffin and Marcus Mallory and all those guys, Johnny Ray, John Shapley, Dennis Bach. I mean, just so many great people at Bank First. And they'll take care of you with a commercial loan or – commercial lending with mortgage lending, mortgage refinance, just great guys in the banking industry. And so if you're getting ready for Christmas and, hey, you need to uh, you need to need a little extra cash, uh, go by and see our great friends at Bank First. Well, Bart, I think we've about beat this one uh, all we can. There's a lot more we can say about this game, but the bottom line, we just got beat. And so now you turn your attention to volleyball today. I'd like to see them win. You know, if they could get a win and Florida could take just one of their two matches against Kentucky, we would have a share of the SEC title, which is a team that um, few would expect to ever break 500, much less win a title. So that would be pretty cool. I'm going to – you know, today is our family Thanksgiving. We did not have Thanksgiving yesterday. We have that today, and right now I'm working on my music playlist because, you know, when I have to go to other people's houses, I have to listen to their music. So they're going to have to listen to mine today. And after last night, it's taken a decidedly darker turn. Uh, my wife has told me that Metallica will not be allowed uh, as Thanksgiving music. Had a little Johnny Cash hurt maybe to lead things off. Let me tell you this, Charlie. You need to work in the California honey drops. Don't let the green grass fool you. That's a good song right there. But, hey, let me tell you this. I'm just not a fan of the family that when you go over to their house and they're playing the music that you don't like that won't allow you to turn the TV on. There's a football game going on TV, and they're like, no, we're not. They, they turn it onto that channel that used to be high on DirecTV that has the music actually on the channel. And so you can't watch football because you're watching you know, a fire going on the TV, and you can't watch TV. Those are the, those are the family members that bother me. And I'm right now beginning to think in the back of my mind if any of those family members that I go to listen to this show. And so maybe they will change their thought. I'm not changing my thought. I want them to change their thought. And hopefully when Christmas time rolls around, we're going to be watching TV instead of listening to the music on the TV. 
Well, I'll say this. Somebody is going to make the mistake today, and I don't know who it's going to be, although I can think of some candidates, who is going to make the mistake of wanting to talk too much about politics or talk too much about the football game. I think what I'm ready to do, Bart, is just to go maybe have a big, long discussion about nothing. Certainly not about yesterday's basketball or football or anything. Maybe we'll talk about the national championship in baseball. Talk about bank first. I'll still paying them back for that trip, but hey, worth it. Even for the next 10 years, I'll be paying them. So Bart, I don't know. Um, look, we like to have won. We didn't. They were better than we were last night. And that's just the fact. So I guess now it's time we, uh, we move on. Are we going to be back next week? Do we have a week off? What's the what is the status of out of left field and our programming for next week? Well, Charlie, to be honest with you, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it. And so when we finish this show, which is kind of crazy, by the way, that we're able to link up and I'm sitting in a cabana. Seriously, I'm sitting in a cabana here on a Friday morning overlooking the Caribbean. I'm looking at a, a cruise ship that's coming in right now. Our good friend Andy Burcham and the Auburn Tigers. I'm looking at the Atlantis Resort, which is about two miles away from here right now. And so it's amazing that we can link up and make it sound this good because we invest in our show and our equipment. And I'm so proud of what the product that we put out. So anyway, uh, I haven't put any thought whatsoever into what we're doing next week. I will say this. You are in the Farm Bureau studios. And we haven't talked about Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Great service, just great friends, good people, Farm Bureau, agents on all counties in the state of Mississippi. And if you're looking for great service, check out our great friends at Farm Bureau. Yeah, Charlie, I don't know. I, I guess we'll have to get in and look at it. Um, I don't have anything going on next week. I mean, I've got no problem knocking out a show. We can talk to a few folks and try to get a gauge on where everybody's going with the bowl game. And, uh, of course, that'll be next week. you got the SEC Championship next weekend with Alabama and Georgia. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Hey, I want to say I enjoyed it. Uh, it's almost like a therapy session when we get in here after losses. I feel better after talking it through. I don't feel great about it. I never like losing to that bunch up the road at all, just for obvious reasons. I've already had multiple texts from a lot of my Ole Miss friends and of course, they're the ones that say, well, man, you let Mississippi State win. They're going to be texting and going crazy. I got a bunch of Ole Miss buddies that do the same thing to me. And so I'm just going through those texts right now, putting a little thumbs up on the, little, uh, on the return, not, uh, not engaging in any way. And uh, I'm going to enjoy my Friday here in the Bahamas. We got basketball tomorrow, Mississippi State and Richmond in men's basketball. It'll be 11.30 a.m. Mississippi time. Hey, we got punched in the mouth last night. Louisville was good last night. We did not play well in the first half. Played a lot better in the second half, but it was just too, too much to overcome. And so men's basketball will jump back into action tomorrow. Of course, Mississippi State women won yesterday against Dayton. Uh, Jason Crowder and his gang, they're down in uh, in Daytona. And so, but uh, we got basketball coming up tomorrow. And uh, I guess we'll watch the Iron Bowl a little bit. But, man, I tell you what, Charlie, it's, it's never fun to lose to Ole Miss. I'm not happy about it. But, uh, hey, life goes on. The most disturbing thing you just said, you have Ole Miss buddies. But we'll carry on. Yep, no doubt. We all got a few, and uh, admitting it's the first step, I guess. So, Charlie, hey, appreciate it. Enjoyed it as always. Thanks to our great sponsors. Of course, our Sunday coffee presented by Strange Brew Coffee House. Make sure, go online, 
for all those stocking stuffers for Christmas. This weekend, type in Friday Coffee. You're going to get 15% off on all your purchases. Nothing beats coffee to stick in that stocking stuffer, a mug, just a cup, a T-shirt, whatever. Stay strange, start, well, whatever they do. It's all that great stuff. Strange Brew Coffee House, Friday Coffee online with a discount code Friday Coffee, and you'll get 15% off. And, of course, the Farm Bureau, go with the home team, our Farm Bureau Studios, our good friends at Tracks Plus who bring our Friday Deep Dig Wednesday this past week on our Wednesday Deep Dig, Bank First, and the Mississippi Beef Council. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Brought to you by the Mississippi Cattle Farmers and their checkoff. So for Charlie Winfield, back in Startwell, the Farm Bureau Studios, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Friday Coffee.